What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Four Score Sports, episode 14. This week, we got the normal crew, Mr. Colt Powell. Yeah, it was good. Mr. Devontae Keith. Yo. Mr. Grant Wooten. What's going on? And obviously myself, Ryan Richardson. This week, we're going to go NFL Super Bowl's coming up, Pro Bowl's coming up. We're going to recap the conference championship games. We're going to go over our individual topics. We're going to go in order of Colt, Keith, myself, Grant, and then we're going to end off with the NBA with some news going on there. So to get started, NFL, um, obviously, Super Bowl's coming up. Chiefs and Bucks. And if you remember correctly, in uh, episode one of Four Score Sports, somebody predicted this. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but uh, Jesus, it was me. Um, no. Wow. What, what do y'all wow. think? Conference championships. Uh, obviously, we had. Oh, I want to hear Grant talk about the Packers. Go ahead. I mean, I have nothing to say. Uh, Green Bay has lost four NFC championships. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is 0-42 and something, right? Uh, 0-40. What was that? You sent that statistic. I didn't even look at it. I was down bad that day. And I'm still down bad from it. But, um, I mean, other than Green Bay, because I really have nothing to say for him. I can't sit here and make excuses. But what Tom Brady has done this season – in the situation that we're in with COVID and all that, Tom Brady is now the GOAT of football by a mile, and he might possibly never be caught. Uh, and arguably one of the greatest athletes of all time, even though he's not athletic from a success standpoint, I feel like he is one of the greatest of all time after doing what he did this season. Uh yeah, I just don't have any excuses for Green Bay, though. I don't know why you go for a field goal on fourth and goal down by eight because it'd still be a touchdown game. But as Aaron Rodgers said in his interview, it was not his call, but two plays before he could have ran it to at least the one or the two-yard line. So a lot of mistakes were made that game. Getting three picks and only scoring off of one of them is one of those uh, issues, but... Yeah, Tom Brady is pretty good. Uh, even when he throws three picks, his defense is pretty good. Down bad. Yeah, like I'm depressed even talking about that, saying that. Let me let me ask you something. They People have been talking about Aaron Rodgers making moves. So I know you feel a ways about that. But there, I feel – uh, Wait, no, I'm let still, me finish my question. Stop. Okay, sorry, sorry, so sorry. So what about – what what are your thoughts on Jordan Love coming in? What are your thoughts on that? How are you feeling? I mean, if Green Bay does anything but keep Aaron Rodgers, they are stupid. Uh, I know Green Bay is dealing with cap space this upcoming season, so they have Devontae Adams and Jair, and uh, this is their contract year, so they got to sign them to deals. But both of them are arguably number one in their respected fields as well as Aaron Rodgers. So if he asks for more money, that puts Green Bay in a predicament. But I can't see Green Bay doing anything other than paying that man, not pulling a Brett Favre and letting him go, especially with Jordan Love only being a rookie and hardly getting snaps this season. I just – I don't think that's smart for Green Bay moving forward. Uh, 
I'm afraid in a few years they're going to be like the Saints, where uh, Drew Brees is most likely going to retire, and I think Saints will have a big drop-off too. So I don't want to see that yet for Green Bay, and I think moving to Jordan Love this early would definitely cause that. So just keep Aaron Rodgers, please. All right. I was just wondering. I saw this thing. I thought – Go ahead. No, I was just thinking, like, I remember when he got drafted, I thought that's what lit the fuel – well, lit the fuel, added fuel to the fire because in the first round or the disrespect. So, I don't know if you felt the same. I did did feel the same. I feel like it was very disrespectful, and I do feel like Aaron kind of played around that this season. But – I'm see. I'm sitting here. I'm still down bad about football as a team sport. I I wish I could say that Green Bay is in the Super Bowl. I'd be in a much better mood right now. But uh, yeah, can we can we move on from this? Can we talk about the Chiefs? I saw this mm-hmm. thing. It was like uh, the Packers right now are, are a lot like the uh, no, sorry, the Chiefs right now have a big chance to be like the Packers back in like the early 2010s. Like they win a yeah. Super Bowl. Like they have like an elite defense or like a good enough defense, like elite offense, everything like that. But uh, they only get to one Super Bowl and stuff like that. You know, I saw that. Like that could be a possible similarity. I don't. I don't think that's gonna happen. I mean, like everyone's hyping up a quarterback after only a few years in the league. They have super elite, super elite quarterback. But they just. I can't mean, you that. got you got Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid as your court or as your uh, head coach. Uh, what they got going on in Kansas City is special, and uh, I, I believe, even though of course Tom Brady is the first quarterback in NFL history to get a home Super Bowl, it's just Tom Brady's luck that it's him. Uh, I still like the Chiefs. The Chiefs are good. We saw what they did to the Bills. It was very convincing. Uh, and it almost it just Patrick Mahomes, I've only seen a few times this season in his career, really, uh, where he's been really under pressure. And it looks like he's under pressure, where he looks nervous. He always looks calm. Uh, we did see a few times Tom Brady, once pressure got to him, that's where uh, one of his picks definitely came from, was he was under pressure and he just threw it up to Mike Evans. He underthrew it. I just haven't seen Patrick Mahomes really do that. And since they've already been to the Super Bowl, the moment's not too big for them at all. Andy Reid's been to three, and they all won a Super Bowl last year. So it's it's the past versus the future. I know Tom Brady's still a present, but uh, Patrick Mahomes is definitely the future. And what they got going on is going to win a lot more chips than just one. You got to think about who they have on defense. Because I was just looking at some of the names, and it seems like the Chiefs always like – we know who Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, uh, Chris Jones, and Frank Clark, like yeah. the linebackers. I guess you would know Ryan uh, Anthony Hitchens, but but besides that, you got Bashar Breeland, who's basically just a dog. Like he's not like a good cover man, but that man makes yeah. some hustle plays for real. Like I remember him playing alongside Dave Emerson, and everybody thought from NC State, of course, everybody thought Dave was gonna snap, but it was Bashar Breeland that ended up just going crazy. And you look at these players who probably don't take too much from the salary cap. And I feel like Andy Reid or whoever else is in the, well, all the other guys in the front office can keep them together. And I feel like they could probably grow together because I can't see this group maybe outside of Chris Jones or Frank Clark 
do as well as they have with this Chiefs group now. I guess they developed that chemistry that we were talking about last time. Yeah. But moving on to the Super Bowl, obviously Chiefs, Bucks. Yeah, as uh, Grant was really saying, this seems like it's going to be like a passing of the torch kind of game. Um, will it be Brady gets another one or will it be Mahomes takes off with the league officially for sure? Um, this game, I, we've said it all playoffs, all of us have. You have to play damn near perfect to beat the Chiefs. Tom Brady has not played damn near perfect yet in the playoffs. But if there's one player that would play damn near perfect, it would be Tom Brady in the Super Bowl in his home stadium. You know, um, my biggest thing with the Chiefs is Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Both of them went over 100 yards. Kelsey, I believe, had two touchdowns. I don't think Tyreek got one, but he was – he broke – he took like a 15-yard gain to, for 70 yards. You know, like you're going to have to contain that. You're going to have to contain Kelsey. You know, you're going to have to contain – Every, literally everyone because if Michael you're Hardman to... even Michael Hardman mm-hmm. in the round he's fast is Sammy Watkins no uh, he's probably, he'll probably, he'll probably, he'll probably will end up playing in the Super Bowl just because he's it's been resting this whole time yeah and Le'Veon Bell will probably come back too yeah but um this game ooh, I think that it'll be ultimately I'm just gonna straight up say a 34 to 27 Chiefs and I think that that – I don't think it's that close, like a one-possession game. I think that the Bucks score at the very end. You know, they attempt the onside kick, don't get it, something like that. But um, I just think that the Chiefs just have literally too much firepower overall. And it's not I even just, really a, a game yeah. of time of possession, really, because they can just – they'll just score every drive if they really need to. You know, I mean, I'm Mahomes, just – Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I keep going. No, Patrick Mahomes, like we saw uh, – we all thought he'd be a little bit hurt. You know, he had that neck, the nerve problem, whatever. He can clear protocol on Thursday, I believe, and went out on Sunday and threw for 325, three touchdowns. Oh, like, he went, like, 30 of 38, something like that. Um, and it's not like Josh Allen played horrible either. He threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick, and, but he ran for – did he had 100 yards running? I don't think so. He would be – I mean, he did use T.J. Yeldon a little bit. But I don't know if he hit did like sufficient. Yeah, I, I I know he ran for a lot. I, also, that game. Shout out Cole Beasley played with a fractured tibia. Was it? Yeah, something. Did, wait, did he play with it or did it like happen during the game? I think it I happened saw it a one, few weeks ago, and he played the whole playoffs with it. Because at one point, I remember seeing him like limp off, and it looked like he just caught like a Charlie horse. I didn't know he had a fractured bone in his leg. But yeah. Anyways, uh, I'm going. You're not going to – I just don't think Brady's going to play damn near perfect. I think it's going to be 34-27 Chiefs. Chiefs got way too much going on on both sides of the ball for them. Brady hasn't played that well in the playoffs. I'm just going to say it. Like, that's all. Yeah. I mean, Tyreek last time that uh, Tampa and Chiefs played earlier this season, Tyreek had 200 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, it's – hard to even when you know what's coming like they know you know who Tyreek is he doesn't hide it he's he's a playmaker he's a deep threat he's a short threat that can take a short play deep we saw that versus the Bills you got Travis Kelsey he's just so reliable and such a playmaker in himself and then Patrick Mahomes just that offense they have going um 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't remember the exact score of the Chiefs uh, Bucks game earlier this season, but the Chiefs, I just they got the edge. I mean, if, I think if Junley, I believe if this is a close game that comes down to the general wire, where I can say it was a good game afterwards, I just feel like the Chiefs will be in control unless. Tampa's uh, defense, I mean, they got fast linebackers. They are very fast, and they do hide coverages very well. So, I mean, it could be a close game. I just don't see it being one. I have, hmm, I think Chiefs, I'm going to say somewhere 34 to – I'm going to say 34-28. I believe that the Chiefs go for two to try to – put it out of reach and also that's for probably for the over under for Vegas because I'm telling you Vegas somehow is always affected by these games it's always coming down to the wire so I feel like uh if the spread's like six and a half it's going to end up being just six points it's going to be 34 28 Chiefs um yeah I'm a I'm going to say Chiefs as well. I'm going to go – I just had the number in my head. I'm going to go 28-14 Chiefs. And when you said something about the linebackers, I completely forgot about Devin White. Devin White is young, and he's fresh off whatever – I think it was an ACL injury. And I don't know if, like, they gave him this man a super surgery or what, but this man flies everywhere, sideline to sideline, goal line to goal line. So I would love to see that matchup between him – and Travis Kelsey, and then you have the um, veteran, Levante David. That man is crazy good at pass coverage. I mean, he's seen better years, but, like, he's still pretty good. And do not know who the other linebacker is, but he's probably all right. But besides all that, they also have the, the line. But, again, it's Patrick Mahomes. They have that defensive chemistry going for him. And like you said before, Ryan, Tom Brady – hasn't been playing perfect and I don't think he's going to catch Andy Reid slipping. So I, I I have I trust my homes on this one as well. Um so yeah, I I think um like Keith said, I mean they've got a bunch of big names on defense the Bucks do. Um they they've got David, they've got White, um they've got Shaquille Barrett coming off the edge who was able to get to rock Rodgers a couple times in the NFC Championship game. Um, they've got Ndamukong Sue. Um, they've got Vita Vea coming back, and Vita Vea will play uh, more snaps than he did in the NFC Championship game with him being better. Um, and he's a huge dude right there in the middle of that line. Um, but I, I just think the Chiefs' offense is just on, an, on a whole other level than any defense out there. Um, the Chiefs' defense isn't great. Um, I would say that it's extremely average. Like, it's right there in the middle of everything. But at the end of the day, I think they saw that that's all they've got to be. I think against the Bills that the Chiefs defense did a, a really good job against Josh Allen. <clears throat> I don't think I don't think Josh, in my opinion, just watching the game, I don't think Josh Allen played well at all. Um, I, he, he had the one interception and he threw for uh, two touchdowns, like 250 and ran for like 80. But if you, if you watch the game, like if you actually watch the game, he should have threw about three or four. If, I mean, if the, if the Chiefs DBs could just catch the ball, they were literally easy picks. They could have went the other way for big returns too, but they just dropped him. Um, there was a couple times where Allen just got scared and took like two 20-yard sacks. That, that, I mean, he just ran backwards. Um, he didn't pick up on some of the blitzes, didn't call for more protection. 
I, I just feel like Steve Spagnola um, is doing a much better job with that defense than what the defense actually is. Like Keith said, they draft well. They don't have guys on big contracts. Ladarius Need was one of the more impressive corners, rookie corners of the year. Um, a second-year guy. They drafted a guy that I wanted in Dallas, Juan Thornhill out of Virginia. I wanted him. He's doing really good in the secondary. Um, but I feel like that defense only needs to be average for them to be successful. Even if it's below average, I still think that they would be really successful. Um, Antonio Brown's coming back. On the other side, Sammy Watkins and Le'Veon Bell are probably coming back. Um, I think if the Chiefs can get the run game going at all, I don't think it, the game will be close at all. Because if they can run the ball efficiently for four or five yards of carry, then, then it won't be close at all. If they can open that up and then open up the pass game, I think if you just sit back there and make Mahomes throw the ball three downs, I still think you're going to lose, but it gives you a much better shot. Um, I'm, I'm going – it's not close, in my opinion. I just think that the Chiefs are that good. Um, I'm going 37 to 24 Chiefs. I like it. Now, real quick, uh, I've been looking through some betting odds. What do you guys think the color of the Gatorade shower will be? I'm going orange. i say yellow. Uh, I was going to go yellow. Orange, orange. Has it I'm ever not right like now. not been like yellow or red? It, it was going in reverse order. Last year with the Chiefs, it was orange. Year before, Patriots blue. Eagles yellow. Patriots year before they didn't do one. I've seen Belichick. Then uh, 2016 was orange for the Broncos, blue for the Patriots. So I don't know, I, I'm just going with orange. I feel like they're going to be like we won last year with orange. Gonna win it. No, the, yeah, actually, that's probably true. Yeah. Superstitions, everything. Yeah. There was talks of Tampa Bay actually bringing back their sit. Was it citrus? Their uh, throwback creamsicle color jerseys. I, don't, I think they'll, they'll wear their standard home jerseys because it's a home game, you know. No, they'll wear white. One hundred percent. Yeah, they announced that they're wearing white in Kansas City's wearing oh. red. Okay. Yeah, Tom. Tom. Uh, Tom's always never won a Super Bowl wearing a home jersey, has he? I, th I think his two losses have been in a home jersey. Don't forget three, NFC East, shout out. Uh, two Giants, one Eagles. Uh, yeah, but uh, anyways, uh, that's kind of all we got. You have our predictions, what's going to happen. So uh, we're going to go ahead and move on. What was that? Uh, we have Colt's topic now, which uh, I'm going to kind of let him take over, much like he just did, telling us what's going to happen in the Super Bowl. But go mm -hmm. ahead. Um, so – so basically, um, the the ticket or the card for the Baseball Hall of Fame was just announced, and um, none of the guys that were on the card got in the Hall of Fame. So for those of you who don't know, in baseball, you get 10 years on the ballot, and then once those 10 years are up, if you don't get voted into the Hall of Fame, then, then you can't get in. You're not getting in. So basically, the three biggest names that were on the card, uh, they got the most votes, and they got substantially the most votes were uh, – Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, and Barry Bonds. In order, it was Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, and then Roger Clemens. Um, all of those guys were on year nine of ten. Um, so they all have another year of eligibility. Um, Kurt Schilling, I don't know how true it is, but he said on a Facebook or Twitter post that he was he was withdrawing his name from the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, since he didn't get in this year. Like, I, I don't know if that's an, an, an emotional thing, um, if he did that in the moment, like he didn't get in. Um, but I found that kind of interesting. So I was wondering if you guys think that Clemens, Bonds, or Schilling, before they announce the new class and who's going to be in the ballot now, do you guys think that either of those three, if any of those three, do you, like which of the three do you think will be able to get in next year, with next year being their last year of eligibility? Um, 
I mean, the the names, the problem with the Hall of Fame to me is the people that vote. Is it, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. The kind of, there's people in the media that do the voting. It's not actually, I believe it should be people with ties to baseball, like former players, maybe Hall of Famers. They can kind of decide who's the next guy in. Because, I mean, Hall of Famers who play with Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, they know if they're legit. I know it comes down to like the performance enhancing drugs and that period with Barry Bonds. But I mean, looking at Barry Bonds, yes, he did that. And yes, that could take the knockoff. I mean, it's been nine out of 10 years. Uh, I do believe Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame because even without the performance enhancing drugs, he was a great hitter. Um, I believe that way before PEDs became a problem that they were used and like early on in baseball, I feel like it went undetected for a little bit. So a lot of the names that are in the Hall of Fame could have possibly already have done it, but that's, uh, I'm not going to assume anything. I do believe Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm not, uh, I mean, I understand why you'd want to withdraw your name after year nine because you get on year 10 like it's just it's disrespectful at that point uh but i mean those three guys they they deserve to be in the hall of fame in my opinion barry bonds and roger clemens more uh more so uh but i mean the same thing with pete rose and uh as Devontae's going to talk about uh whenever it's his turn he's going to mention gatekeeping i feel like that's a that's another thing that they're doing with the voters so there, there's a lot of issues with the hall of fame for sure yeah, I fairly agree with that. Like my thing with I have in a sense I have two stances on this. One, I'm a Derek Jeter fan. He's my favorite player of all time. Everything like that. He was known as the guy in the steroid era that didn't take steroids, was still good, deserved MVPs, this, that, and the other. Won five rings, everything like that. But um, hitting a baseball, if you've never tried it, is very, very hard to do. This is my other stance. Just because you're taking steroids, make you bigger, stronger, faster, does not mean that you're still going to hit that ball. It just means that if you do hit it, it's probably going to come off the bat a little harder. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. yeah. It's still very hard to hit. Um, and not only that, when it comes to baseball, not many people nowadays like baseball as much as they used to uh, because it's not as exciting. It's a lot more boring. And I think Keith will even back me on this. He's not the biggest baseball fan because it's probably pretty boring to watch, especially like if you don't understand all the rules and aspects like played your whole life. Uh, just on TV, like you'd have to fight me to watch it on TV. I'll watch it live, but you, you'd have to pay yeah. for the game. But so. it's pretty boring. But when you go out there, a lot of people like watching the Yankees, like watching the Dodgers, because they have all these guys that hit home runs. It's more fun to watch a ball go 500 feet than it is to watch them poke a double in the gap, you know? So baseball's yeah. biggest thing with marketing and business is like yeah all these guys are cranking dingers left and right maybe you know like okay now we're instead of drug testing once a month like they used to i'm pretty sure they're only drug testing once a year now you know maybe they're kind of like okay if you're gonna do it uh, you know when you get tested don't get caught you know like they're kind of like turning their shoulder to it but with the whole hall of fame thing barry bonds roger clemens um even like guys like maybe Manny Ramirez and Sammy Sosa, maybe not Manny Ramirez, but these other guys, they got 600, 700 home runs. Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, great pitchers, absolutely phenomenal pitchers, great in the playoffs and everything. 
And if you look at um, baseball reference, they have a Hall of Fame ballot or like potential Hall of Fame ballot. And uh, one of the stats they have is Bill James Hall of Fame monitor. And this guy's been fairly pretty accurate with it. And uh, basically a score over 100 means that you're pretty likely like going to get in the Hall of Fame and under 100 means less likely. So obviously the higher it is. But looking into next year's ballot, you got guys like Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, Mark Teixeira, guys like this. And like A-Rod, his Hall of Fame ranking is 390. Barry Bonds is only 340. You know, will A-Rod make it? A-Rod's got 3,000 hits, second most RBIs all time, I believe. He was phenomenal at uh, eventually. He was really good in the playoffs. I think these guys deserve to go in. It's hard to hit a baseball, you know, and especially when it comes to the guys like the Astros this past year, cheating, they still had to make contact. They didn't know what pitch was coming and all this kind of stuff. You know, I think these guys ultimately deserve it. I think A-Rod deserves maybe, okay, A-Rod's different because he did steroids twice, but I think <laughs> Barry Bond, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, and uh, Kurt Schilling, nobody really said it. He got 71% of the votes he needed. You need 75%. So he was only what four yeah. percent off, but yeah, um, he had the most. Yeah, he had the most, and he was close. But uh, I think next year, if he does come on, I think Schilling will at least make it, and I think maybe these guys will empathize with Barry Bonds and Clemens and all these guys. I think A Rod will take a few years to get in, but um, statistically, they deserve it. Right. I think they deserve it. I just wish. I think I'm pretty sure I mentioned it when we talked about. Uh, Pete Rose. Somebody asked a question about Pete Rose. Obviously, I don't, I don't know. I don't keep up with baseball, but I do know like he meant something to baseball for people to like hold him in such high regard, like whatever. And then for Barry Bonds, of course, I grew up not watching Barry Bonds, but always seeing and hearing about it. And then people got on him about steroids, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's the one thing that's keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. But he had to be doing something right before he was taking steroids. And then people are taking that away from him. I just, I don't get like how gatekeeping and baseball work works. But what I do know is if they gatekeep, um, if they did gatekeeping as bad as they do in baseball to like football, it's so many people that would have been left behind. Like, I don't think Rod Wilson would have made it. The old cornerback, the old, old cornerback. It's a bunch of people I don't think would make it. If they did it in basketball, I don't think that many people would make it. So it's just like, why, why are these extra set of rules here for baseball players that have st- statistically just blown the competition out of the water? Like, why, why are they here? So I don't know. I feel like Barry Bonds should get in. It really, honestly, it shouldn't be a question, but they have their own set of rules and standards. They don't want crackheads in the hall of fame or something i don't know you just have to talk to them about it i, I was just looking uh when i said arod's score was 390 on the bill james hall of fame monitor or yeah he's that's number five all time like of all baseball baseball has been played for 600 years you know he's ahead of guys like willie mays ted williams lou gehrig Derek jeter he's ahead of guys like that with his score just putting that out there that's how that's how high he is and he probably won't make the Hall of Fame for at least 10 more years, if anything. Yeah. Um, I think, I think like Teixeira is for sure a Hall of Famer. Um, 
uh, David Ortiz. I mean, I'm a Red Sox fan. He's the greatest designated hitter of all time. I think he's a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and I, when it comes to this, though, uh, me personally, I feel like like me being as competitive as I am in sports and me playing sports growing up and sports being a part of my life, like all of my life growing up, um, I'm so competitive in everything I do. I just feel like if somebody gains an unfair advantage over me, then it, it's, it's not fair to me. Um, I get the point where it, it, it doesn't help in everything. Like at the end of the day, you being faster, stronger. I think that hitting a baseball off of an MLB pitcher is the hardest thing that you have to do in sports. Um, that I don't, I don't like, I don't like if I take Derek Jeter, for example, um, and if I put him out there on a football field and tell him to run around, he's not going to be down, you know what I'm saying? Devontae Adams, but he's going to compete. You know what I'm saying? But if I tell if I tell Julio Jones to grab a bat and say hit this baseball off of off of Veroldis Chapman bottom of the night, he's he's not touching it. You know what I mean? So so that's my thing. Um, I, I don't I, I don't like the unfair advantage. I think that what Grant's point is 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 means something because Barry Bonds was a very good baseball player before using the steroids. Um, Alex Rodriguez, I think that he's first ballot, but the fact that he used it, um, I think that he was a very good baseball player without the steroids. That's my thing. Um, I just a lot of, a lot of like, people will say uh, A Rod is the most talented baseball player of all time, that God given talent. I, I think, I, and I honestly would not argue that because in baseball compared to a sport like football, what I like about baseball is you have to play both sides of the field. And A Rod, you know, he, he, he gets all this hype, he hits, you know, home runs, doubles, triples. A Rod was a very good defender. Like, he is one of the best defensive third basements of all time. I mean, that, that's just that. He's a, he's a great defender. So, I honestly would not even argue that. Um, Schilling, as a Red Sox fan, I, I, you know, I'm biased. Put him in. I think that he should be in anyways. Roger Clemens, um, you guys are the Yankees fan. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he has seven Cy Youngs, which is insane. I think that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Bonds, I, in my opinion, it's hard to leave out the all-time home run leader into the net, into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, it's, just, it's just weird to look at if you look at these stats, and he does lead the – um all time and, and home runs just looking at that if you look at the home run leader and he's not in the hall of fame it just looks a little weird i think that he'll get in um do i think he should like i said i just don't like the whole unfair advantage thing um but probably he should um it just matters where these riders and where these voters sit on that kind of thing but i feel like that a rod thing like you said when that coming up um to share i think will get in i don't know if it I don't know if he'll get in this first year. Do you think? I don't know. Ortiz should get in in his first year. A Rod, that will be interesting. I'm interested because I would put him in, but I'm interested to see what you know what I'm saying. Everybody else thinks if it takes him a couple years, and so how long? I think that'll be interesting. I think the only thing that hurts Ortiz is he was a DH. He played defense every now and then when they needed it, but he wasn't like a hundred and he wasn't even like a hundred and twenty game first baseman, you know. But overall, yeah, I, I like those points. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and move on. We're going to go to Keith's topic, which is – this topic is a little controversial, by the way, a little bit of a trigger warning. But uh, go ahead, Keith. All right. So this morning, of course, we get all our news from Twitter. And um, I saw somebody on my timeline say something about Chad Wheeler. Literally nobody knows who that is except for probably some diehard USC fans or something. So apparently – uh, according to his Twitter feed, due to a manic episode, he uh, choked and battered his girlfriend. And I just saw that it made it to CNN at like almost 730. It said offensive lineman Chad Wheeler arrested on suspicion, suspicion 
of felony domestic violence waged by Seattle Seahawks. And he went on to say that, like, he's going to get help. So I got curious and I looked up to see, like, it seems like a recurring theme of football players being violent toward women. And I saw an article from 2014 that said 15 NFL players arrested for violence against women in the last two years. So from 2012 to 2014, there were 15 NFL, current at that time NFL players arrested for violence against women. So the question is, it seems like violence in general, I mean, football obviously is a violent game. That's the name of the game. But when it extends outside of the actual field towards family members or like innocent bystanders or just like women in people's life, nobody seems to bat an eye. But when it comes to like trivial things like weed or I don't know, protesting or something like that, it seems like uh, that's like the biggest thing in the world. But there was a kicker, if you remember Josh Brown, who had been beating his wife for like his whole NFL career and nobody said anything. So the question is, why do we hold, why do we pick and choose what standards do we hold pro athletes to? Like we want them to be superheroes and stuff, but yet they have their own demons and they're out here being violent to people. So like, why do people pick and choose like what they uphold them, what standards they uphold them to? And Ryan, you you start because I know your faith had some problems with not really problems, but he dealt with this a little bit. So why do you think so? Ezekiel Elliott. Um, my biggest thing is one, you never put your hands on really anyone, like to an extent. Like obviously, if you're defending yourself, that's fine. But especially if you're a man and like your wife, girlfriend, you never put your hands on them in a violent way. That's just, I, we can all agree on that. I'm not even going to ask you to agree because I know you do. But um, when it comes to football, no one's going to like this. But uh, concussions are a real problem. You get brain problems. You have to deal with a lot of stuff. And when you're dealing with all this stuff, especially if you're not maybe a super social kind of guy, the media is in your face all the time, whether you want them to or not. You're held to this standard. You're held way up here. Because you're a professional athlete, kids look up to you, hell, adults look up to you, you know, you got to the league for a reason, because you worked hard, you worked your ass off your whole life, you got there. So really, um, we can agree there's a higher standard, but ultimately, certain things, there's not standards, beating the shit out of a woman, out of your girlfriend is not really a standard that, oh, he's an NFL player, let him, no, like, that's not cool, no matter who you are. You can be the president of the United States. If you do it, I don't care. Like, you're a piece of shit. Oh, uh, uh, turn your air pods on or whatever you got because I'm cussing a little bit. But, um, like, you just don't beat the shit out of women. I don't care how bad mentally you are in the head. You just don't do it. Like, it's not cool. It's not funny. I don't care, like, that he's uh, – what was he? He was a tackle, right? Offensive tackle, I believe. I don't know what yeah. he was. Oh, yeah, he was, he was a, a lineman. Yeah, yeah, yeah but uh, that – Kareem Hunt should have never kicked that girl. Do I believe he should be in the league? People will say he was defending himself. I don't know. Greg Hardy. So he, go ahead. I even passed it. Um, you mentioned like going through with like mental health, their own mental health and like stress and stuff. So in 2012, it was a Chiefs linebacker named Javon Belcher. This man, um, 
he shot shot his girlfriend multiple times times came drove to arrowhead stadium and just like parked and like i guess texted and thanked his coaches for everything and shot himself in the parking lot so like mental is like i don't know i don't know what the divide between mental health and abuse but it's just the fact that it seems like every year it's a football player going through this. And I know it's been cases where like they didn't like a lot of times it was false accusations. Um, but it's just like some of these stories that I actually went through from 2014 is just insane. And then I keep thinking about um, like Jeffrey Simmons, when he got drafted, that man was recorded before he got drafted, beating up a woman in a restaurant with different people. And it's just been so many cases like that. And sometimes people wonder like, well, dog, well, like, what did she do? Or like, why, why are you still drafting them? And it, I'm just thinking like, you try to get the best people to represent your team. And you know, like not only men buy your tickets, like why, why would you like put it like, and Jeffrey Simmons starts now, by the way, like he, the uh, integral part of the defense. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even even going to college, I know that the recruiting and everything is so in-depth. They find out any and everything about you. Like, these colleges, if they find out, like, you hit your girlfriend in high school, they're not going to recruit you. Like, it's very hard to. Like, mm -hmm. if it's something bad, like, you're not going to get recruited. And then even going to the NFL, like, Laremi Tunsil, I believe he was projected to be the number one pick. They just saw a video of him smoking out of a bong, right, with a gas mask mm -hmm. on, something like that. They, he dropped all the way down to, like, 13 in one night, you know? So I think ultimately things like this are going to lessen and lessen as the new concussion technology, yeah, no helmet technology comes up. Cause this is not like in other sports, like WWE, Chris Benoit, he had all these concussions and everyone says he killed mm. his wife and his kids because of concussions and things like that. So maybe I think as the new concussion technology and what's the word uh research comes out i think this does start to happen a little bit less hopefully obviously but uh, i think that these head injuries are what's causing all this stuff to happen because when going into the league these guys aren't super violent because like obviously the, as i was saying the whole draft profile that they see like the they know the ins and outs of you before you're on their team whether it's college or professional i just think that they're not mentally in the head like this i think that something happens to cause them to be like this yeah, I mean, going off of what you said, Ryan, any, everything and anything you said, uh, I completely agree with. Uh, the way I feel about it is, I mean, if you're going to set an example, you have to set the same example for everybody, uh, no matter who you are. I know there's uh, Big Ben. Uh, I mean, if there was a no tolerance policy at the time where Big Ben's allegations came out, then his career wouldn't be what it is. And that goes for so many players, uh, not just football, but in football specifically, because that's where we're seeing most of this happen. Yes, I can say that CTE and mental issues is a big thing because, I mean, in the NFL and any sport, you can have fans that can love you one night and then you go 0 for 3. Say in baseball, you go 0 for 3 in like a World Series game or you drop a touchdown pass in a big game. And that, that same person I was loving you is going to be hating you. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into, there's a lot of stress, but there is, there should be a no tolerance thing. I know with accusations, some of them are false and that's the terrible thing about it, but there still needs to be the, 
there still needs to be the no tolerance policy with it. That's just how I feel about it. Um, yeah, so I think, um, I think for me personally, um, obviously like doing stuff like that is not cool. Um, I don't agree with it at all. Like, I mean, I think that should go without being said. Um, I, I talked about it with the, when we talked about the Kyrie Irving stuff, um, I don't care if you're a professional athlete or not. Um, I think that your mental health, like you guys touched on is, is, is most important. Um, because your, your mental health is, is, is your mental state is going to affect like what your physical and your emotional state is. Um, and I feel like as fans, as uh, media, like there's a bunch of pressure that goes along with being a professional athlete. And I get that. Um, so I think that we need to do a better job, like realizing that if there is something like mentally wrong, um, it doesn't matter who they are. Like we need to give them a better break. Um, but to a point, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, th- like it came out, like what happened? Um, I don't know if you guys read what happened, like what actually happened. Um, but it was like, you know what I'm saying? Like they were eating dinner and the guy was like, look, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I- I'm, I'm not going to say what he said, but like he wanted them to, to, to perform sexual actions on him. She was like, no, I'm not doing that. And then he strangled her like out of nowhere. So then after that, like she was unconscious and he went back to, to eat his dinner um, or whatever. And then she was in the bathroom, like apparently half dead, half conscious. And what she said in her witness statement or whatever was like, she came is he came back with a milkshake and he like laughed at her and said, Oh my God, I can't believe like you're still alive. Like you're not dead yet or something like that. Like oh, to that point, like, okay, like that now, like there's no explanation. Like I can't sit here and justify anything. Like being his lawyer, I, I, I don't know what you would say. Like there's nothing to justify that. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think that mental state definitely plays a role into into these actions and as as media as a society as people when you do a better job with that because at the end of the day these athletes are people um just like us they entertain us but at the end of the day they're people just like us and if we don't let them be people just like us then they're not going to be able to entertain us um but to a certain extent like in this situation particularly there's no excuse for that um i i, I know there's going to be no disagreements against these guys talking about that it was wrong um it was definitely wrong um, but th- there, there's just nothing to, to, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing to explain that, clarify that, that there's just nothing to say about that. I, I, it was that. Yeah, that, that was all from Chad Wheeling. Like that's the full story. Yeah. yeah like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'd like it said, it, well, the, the, the story was like, apparently because she wouldn't blow him like that. That's what they said. Like, she he wanted sexual actions is what he said. So um, on Twitter he said he was it was going to a He said he was going. Oh no, wow. that, that that's that's because that's what I'm saying. Like, her, and that's what she said. It's coming from her too. Like this is the line. Like who? Nobody knows the truth. I don't like. It's like two truths and the real truth. Like especially when it comes to like mental health and stuff like this. Like all these accusations. Like the only people that know is I guess them. So, and then, like, as far as the mental health, he put, I saw, um, like, a poster somewhere, like, he was saying he was going through a manic episode, and I'm not a mental health professional by any means, but, bro, like, that's a strange manic episode where you just, like, say that, like. You beat the shit out of her, then you're laughing at her with a smoothie right. in your hand, like. Yeah, like, what? Right, right. Yeah. Granted, that's a touchy subject. Not, it's not. I mean, it's wrong. It's not really that touchy. It's uncomfortable to talk about, because obviously that that just doesn't happen, you know. But uh, 
we're going to go ahead and move on. And um, my topic is the most badass moment that you can really think of. I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of badass moments, but uh, ultimately, I just like thinking, obviously, I mentioned it last week. I know Grant's a Packers fan, so get over it. But um, Stephon digs after he scored the Minneapolis Miracle, and he takes his helmet off and throws his helmet, and the ref throws a flag. That is such a badass moment of him just throwing his helmet, throwing his arms out and looking into the crowd. Oh, that gives me the chills. Oh, my gosh. I love that moment. That's – oh, that's badass. That, that, I mean, that's all, that gets, sure, that's all I've got, but that's badass. I mean, it, it gives you chills watching it, without a doubt. I mean, even though I'm a Packers fan, like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's just – Amazing sports moment. No one expected that to happen. Yeah. Uh, my moment for most badass moment. Uh, I mean, last year, what Joe Burrow did in LSU, there were a lot of, a lot of moments. I mean, when he came out with Burrow, uh, with the, the Louisiana slang to it, uh, I wouldn't say that's the moment though. Uh, I kind of got two. I mean, either national championship, he comes on the, he comes on the sideline. And he's sitting there pointing at his finger saying, just give me the ring. Like, he's already won it. But number one's got to be him sitting on that couch, smoking that cigar and just taking it in. Just him taking it in that he just had arguably the greatest quarterback season in, season in college football history. That's just kind of sealing it all together. That picture, I'll, I'll never forget it. Mm-mm-mm. Well, mine takes a completely left turn. Uh, my moment is when Andre Johnson finally does what everybody had been wanting him to do or everybody wanted to happen. That man beat the brakes off of Cortland Finnegan. Cortland Finnegan had been a menace. That man was a good DB, but this man was a menace. This man was annoying. He could, wouldn't stop jaw jacking. So what does mild-mannered beast of a man Andre Johnson do? He gets one too many defensive pass interference or whatever happened, took his helmet, took his helmet off and swung him with the force of every U player in the whole entire world. And I just love to see it. I love violence, especially violence that is like well needed. So that will punch out. Matter of fact, I might get a picture of it, like a steal of it, blow it up and like put it in a, in a foyer. Like have somebody commission somebody to paint it because that was just a beautiful moment. Yeah, I think I think I like that because I think the coolest thing about that moment was like Andre, like of course Andre Johnson got fined by the league for that. Um, and all the players in the league, like a group of players who absolutely could not stand Cortland Finnegan, they all put money together and paid for his fine that Andre Johnson didn't even have to pay a dime. It was like they were doing a favor for him, like they put a hit out or something. So that was pretty cool. Mm. Um, mine was in. 2010, um, I remember I was super young, and I liked watching, um, like, at the time, I really liked watching Kobe. So, um, it was the NBA playoffs, and the Lakers were playing the Suns, um, and Derek Fisher came down and just um, absolutely shattered uh, Steve Nash's nose. Um, you guys might have seen it, where, like, they, like, carry him to the sideline with a towel over his nose, and it's blood going everywhere, and they go halfway through the alley, and it was, like, Steve Nash, like, kind of stopped him. And he just popped it right back in place. Like it was still broke. It was dislocated, put it right back in place. 
and they like stitch it up for him, putting cotton balls in those. And he goes right back out there, and it w- it was like nothing ever happened. And I remember on the first possession, I think it was, he got a bucket, and the crowd just went crazy. And after that, I don't know, I just got goosebumps. I just think that it's cool, like if you can if you can get an injury like that and then stay in the game and then still do what you need to do, like you know what I'm saying? That's just hard. That's just hard of a champion at that point. I mean, that's kind of like the that's kind of like the Clay Thompson after he tore his ACL and he gets halfway down the hall. And they say, if you leave, yeah. like, if you can't shoot the free throws, you're done for the game. So he comes back and shoots them, yeah. Is that the season Steve Nash actually won the MVP? Um, I'm not sure. I would have to look. Um, but I, I know that that was in the playoffs uh, of the year that they were playing the um, the Lakers. Um, and that was the year that I think – Kobe Kobe won. I think they won that year. But no, Steve Nash won earlier. I think he won in 2006. So that wasn't the year he won it. That because I know that was in 2010. So Steve I don't think Nash so. a dog. I, I know I see those pictures all the time of like him and he's like this dude pulls up and drops 30 on you way doing like the man had the hair that came down like halfway down his neck, but it was just trimmed off his bangs in the front. Everything else was long. Like the oh, dude looked goofy, but he pulled up on you and dropped 30 and 15. Yeah, I, uh, two moments that I was uh, kind of expecting to hear, but I didn't, but we didn't, uh, is AI stepping over Tyron Lou on the crossover. He steps over him. And then the other one is, uh, like, from the last dance especially, uh, where Craig Elo was guarding Jordan. He's like, yeah, that's a fucking mistake. Uh, I, I just thought we might bring those up. But, I mean, obviously. Like, I mean, yeah, the AI one, yeah. I mean, just uh, the season Joe Burrow had last year, uh, I remember – it was just like watching LSU play. That was just like the perfect way to end it. Just one video picture just to kind of capture it all was just a cigar. Uh, moving on. Those are our coldest moments. Uh, we have Grant's topic, which wouldn't take it away. Yeah, I know it's I know it's early. I know college football just kind of ended just uh, about a month ago or so. But my topic is we're just going to do our – Way too early Heisman Trophy odds, just like who we have, who we think is going to have a good season. I'm, I'm just going to start, just get mine out of the way. Uh, before I came to NC State, I did grow up a Georgia fan. That was my dream college, but long story short, they didn't want me, so I came to State, and it ended out working out for the better. But I still watch Georgia football. I still love Georgia football. I still support them. So, number one, I, I got to go JT Daniels. I wanted him to start so much earlier than they started him last season. I love Stetson Bennett for the first few weeks, but when you're 5'10 and you were throwing the ball from three quarters, uh, I guess, arm angle, he's releasing the ball like 5'8, playing against Alabama defender. It just wasn't good. JT Daniels balled out. I believe he should be number one going into next season. Georgia returns a lot of their offense. So, I mean, his weapons aren't going anywhere. I say another name to throw in the mix. Uh, I would say Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. Uh, I feel like someone's going to say DJ. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Let's call him DJ Ugly. Okay. Uh, we go to States, so we hate Clemson so much. Yeah. Or we hate him a good bit. Uh, number two, I'm going to say Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. Uh, I think he, it's his second year. So I should, or second or third, I'm not sure. But uh, 
he ended off the season great. So he has a lot of weapons in Oklahoma. And then third is actually going to be running back Brees Hall from Iowa State. They return all five of their offensive linemen. And I'm pretty sure he led the NCAA in rushing this past year. Or, I mean, he led that Iowa State team, their run-based team. So he'll definitely be seeing a lot of touches. But uh, I don't think he'll win it just purely because if, if you don't go to Alabama, the chances of you as a running back winning Heisman are very low. So, uh, yeah, I got JT Daniels, Spencer Radler, and Brees Hall. Um, I'll go. So, my number one, my number one candidate is De'Eric King. I want to see that man win as bad as he did state this past season. Um, this man ended this season with um, a torn ACL. Luckily, he's already had the surgery. And so, like, now he's on the mend. He's going back to rehab, going back. He's going through rehab and all that stuff, making sure he's ready for next season. I'm expecting great things out of him. He went crazy last year, I think. Forgot how many yards, but he threw 23 touchdowns, five picks, over 500 yards rushing with the U. I think he's going to do great with them. My second, I'm I'm only going to do two because, like, I have one that makes sense and a second one that doesn't make sense. So one day I was randomly – watching a game I think it was Kansas State against somebody and I saw this short little running back this dude named Deuce Vaughn freshman freshman out of Texas his freshman year he ended up with 642 yards and seven touchdowns now I I put I don't I, I don't really expect him to win the housing but he's definitely a good running back to watch I mean seeing as though most running backs don't win out of any other college, but I think it'd be worth it to watch this young little man, 5'5", 168 pounds, running crazy. All right. Um, yeah, so so my number one um, is Spencer Radler. Um, I think Radler is going to be a beast. Um, he's mobile. He's got a very strong arm. Um, Oklahoma under uh, Lincoln Riley. Uh, I wanted Lincoln Riley at Dallas, but it is what it is. Um, he, he's very good at developing NFL quarterbacks. Um, Oklahoma also normally has one of the best recruiting um, programs, so they're always at the top every year. Um, number two, I've got DJ Ukulele. Um, I, I think under Dabo Sweeney, um, <laughs> I, I think of the Dabo Sweeney, um, that offensive line is always good. Um, they won't have Travis Etienne, but they've got that uh, running back from North Carolina who was the number one running back um, in the nation. He was His final two were State and Clemson. Um, I forget what his name is, but he's going there. They're saying he's going to be the next Christian McCaffrey. I don't know about all that, but um, they're always pretty good. So I've got him second. Um, third, I might be taking Ryan's, but um, I, I like Sam Howell. Um, I, I think that I think that um, I think that Sam Howell is going to be the number one pick in the 2020 or 2022 NFL draft. Um, I do. I think he's going to be the number one pick. Um, I just think. I don't know. They, they got that transfer from Tennessee, the running back. Um, Mac Brown has shown that he can turn around a program. Um, he absolutely airs the ball out. He's accurate. His throwing arm, his power is immaculate. Um, so, the, I mean, I, I don't like him over um, Clemson quarterback DJ and then uh, Rattler. But, I mean, um, he, he's, he's good. There's no denying that. And that hurts to say me being a state and Duke fan my whole life. But he, he's very good. Y'all tripping. I would never admit that. I mean, 
ever knew if it's not Devin Leary or Aaron McLaughlin or Mecca Mezzi, you know, somebody from state, it's going to be Sam Howell. Uh, I only have one and it's Sam Howell. He's thrown for like 3,600 yards in two years, 30 touchdowns, doesn't throw interceptions. He's returning his leading receiver, Diami Brown. He had 1,100 yards and I think eight touchdowns. They got a new running back coming in to, you know, run the ball and, you know, catch passes and everything like that. Carolina, North Carolina is going to be good next year. We all know that. Mac Brown's going to run this offense through Sam Howell, who's phenomenal. And as Colt said, if a team that needs a quarterback has a number one pick, uh, he's going to be the number one pick. I see a lot of Drew Brees in him, especially when it comes to size and but still having a lot of arm strength. Uh, but that's my uh, only real Heisman option. So, yeah, uh, we'll go ahead and move on. To end off this episode, we have NBA. Uh, we're going to really talk about our most surprising teams. I think we all kind of agreed on that. Most surprising teams in a good way and a bad way. Some news. Uh, I'll start us off with the news. Uh, the main news I've got, two things. Uh, Karis LeVert, shout out. Good for him. Had his successful surgery. Trade uh, saved his life, yeah. yeah saved his life. Mm -hmm. Getting traded, I guess. Then, um... Obviously, we're rooting for him on that. And then um, Andre Drummond is, as of the time of recording this episode, he's in trade rumors, potential buyout from the Cavs, and then go to the Nets. I don't like that because I like what the Cavs have going. Granted, they have a lot of centers, but I just think Drummond is not the one to trade away right now. But if he goes to the Nets, then. I mean, with the, the Drummond situation, yeah, going to the Nets, it seems as if, if it is true, I know it's just rumors and kind of just reporters saying this, hearsay, uh, Drummond is on a contract year. So, I mean, I don't understand. There's got to be tampering somewhere involved in that. Are the Can the players directly talk to other players about, hey, like, act out and get a buyout? Okay. So that's that's got to be happening because Cleveland has beat the net. They beat the Nets twice this season. Not saying they can do that consistently. But Cleveland's battling for a playoff spot. I feel like as a player for the – if I'm on the Cavs, like that's my main focus is getting to the playoffs because they have extended it and uh, there are a lot of more teams in. And Cleveland, I really like what Cleveland has going on. They're really young in a lot of the great places. Uh, I mean, the fact that on if this is even true – uh, even with the Jared Allen trade coming into Cleveland, Andre Drummond has played twice as many minutes than before the trade. And what, I mean, what they got going on, five centers. I know it's a lot of centers, but it, it also does, kind of does wonders for them. Uh, you don't really got to worry about rebounding and uh, putbacks. I, I, I just, it's the competition out of the league goes away. If this is a true rumor, if it ends up coming true, then it's just a joke this point my uh, surprising team I'm just going to go ahead and say it so Cole can get a little heated my most surprising team is the Timberwolves in a bad way according according to Colt they have the best center here's my thing Carl Anthony Towns you know what I'm saying start up the year 2-0 um, and then Rudy Gobert broke his wrist. He broke his wrist. He pushed him down on a dunk attempt and broke his wrist. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, he got COVID. 
You know what I'm, I'm you know what I'm saying? Like it's unlucky. We're three and two with cat. Without cat, we're zero and eleven. So you do the math at that point. You know what I'm saying? I'm disappointed in the Timberwolves. They had the number one overall pick. Anthony Edwards is so inefficient. D'Angelo Russell. I can't. I can't defend that. I, yeah, defend that. I mean, my other. I, I. I'm not liking the Mavericks. I'm looking at all the standings right now. The Mavericks, if the season were to end, are the ten seed. Okay. Okay. I think that'll I'm change. Not, I'm obviously. not. A, I'm not a Mavs fan. I'm not a Mavs fan, but I'm gonna defend him a little bit. Luca, Lucas. I mean. If you're on if you're on Colts private story the past playoffs and Luke at the game went on the Clippers, he referred to Luke as a demon. I still believe he is. Uh Christoph Porzingis just recently came off of injury, and the Mavs haven't played as many games due to COVID. So, I mean, I feel like they're gonna get the ball rolling. So that's almost say the Mavericks won't finish as a 10 seed. Don't worry about them. But oh. yes, you're saying so far they are surprising. Right. Yeah. So far at the this on January 27th at about 1015. These are my uh, the warrior. I'm one thing about the Warriors. I'm happy that Steph Curry can like lose a game and nobody questions his whole legacy. Um, but yeah, the, aren't they, aren't they the nine seed right now. The Golden State Warriors are the eight seed. They're nine and eight right now. Mm, but uh, the other teams, I am very the Raptors are getting back into their thing. They're starting to win games, which is good. The Knicks are surprising. Granted, they're 8-11, and 11, but they're the 8th seed. And then the Hawks are the 6th seed. Uh, I'm really liking the way the Hawks are looking. Trey Young is back. John Collins. I can agree with all that. Herder. <laughs> oh, the Heat suck, too. Sorry, I should have said that. Heat are ass. They're 6-11. and 11. Okay. Once again, injuries, don't worry about it. I'm not a Heat fan, but... They're, they're better than what their records are. Okay, surprising team for me in the West. I think they're sitting at the bottom. They might be their one of the bottom three. Those Pelicans. Oh, yeah, ass. They haven't found their lineup. I know there's trade rumors with JJ. They want to trade JJ and Lonzo. I would really like for them to go to the Mavericks. I feel like they could fit the system well. Uh, but besides the point, Pelicans, surprising. The Jazz are surprising. Surprising. They're playing excellent basketball with my sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson, helping out. They do have probably one of my least favorite players in the league to watch, Rudy Gobert. He looks goofy in everything he does. The man is he's he's just he's stupid. He looks stupid. Uh I don't believe that they will stay the three seed as they are right now. Uh they are, I think, I believe they're on the longest win streak in the NBA. I believe that'll come yeah. to the, come come to an end when they play the Nuggets. I'm not sure they have their next game, but I know they play the Nuggets on the twenty. Yeah, they're smacking the Mavericks right now by twenty. So it's gonna Okay, it's not the Mavericks. I do believe the Nuggets will beat them. Uh but I do not think Utah finishes this high. They are a great team now. But as Shaq said, I mean, Shaq, you got to respect his takes. He's not an, he's not a sports analyst where his job is to make hot takes. He did say he believed that uh, the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell specifically did not have what it takes to go to the next step, and that's just how the league is. I mean, I've, there's a lot of talented teams. And I just don't feel like the Jazz are as deep uh, as other teams that are surrounding them, but, yes, they are playing great basketball right now. And on the East – I like. I agree with Ryan. I like what the Hawks are doing. Uh, 
they're really I think they're a fun team to watch. I love watching like young fast teams, uh, not boring basketball. There's Trey Young shooting deep threes, and you got people like Herder, John Collins, DeAndre, um, and Clint Capella. I mean, they're all playing phenomenal. I could see in a few years them being a real, real contender. Um, I mean, the Sixers, I wouldn't say they're surprising, but, I mean, they're they're playing good basketball. Joel Embiid is balling out. Okay, Colt, I think Colt might want to say something. Yeah, no. No. Um, so my surprising team um, in the East, it sucks to see the Knicks doing good uh, from a Timberwolves perspective because Tom Thibodeau was our coach. Um, and I love Tibbs. I absolutely love Tibbs. And they're like number one in every single defensive category. Um, so that sucks to watch. Um, but it is what it is. Um, my surprising team in the East, the Sixers, Celtics, Bucks, Pacer, Nets are all up there. Like I thought that they would be. Um I, I guess I'm going to go to Keith on this one. I thought that the Wizards would be a bit better. Um, he just took my I, words, I, they, man. They, like, they're, they're not good. I didn't expect them to be that good, like maybe fighting for an eight seed. I thought that Westbrook and Beal would work a little bit better than it did, but it's getting to the point mm-hmm. now where I think Bill's going to request a trade in the next couple of days, actually. I think that's mm-hmm. coming quickly. Um, in, in, in the West, my surprising team, that's not very good. Um, I want to say the Timberwolves, but in all honesty um, – as a Timberwolves fan, um, we've been plagued by injuries. Um, we haven't played many games healthy. I think our first three games were healthy, um, our first two games, and we went 2-0. and um, And then we played the Lakers, and they blasted us by 30 or 40. Um, granted, we didn't have Cat. Um, tonight is our first and only – I don't know if you guys knew this. The Timberwolves were only granted one nationally televised game this whole year. It's tonight. We play the, the Warriors tonight at 10.30. Um, no D'Angelo Russell and no Carl Anthony Towns. So that should be a fun, fun game. Sounds like an ass beating. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, in the West, surprising. Um, I'm going to go with the Suns because I did not give them credit. I give you three credit because you told me that they would be in the playoffs and they, they would be good. Um, my thing is I knew Booker and I knew Aiden would make the step in Chris Paul, but I did not think that they had pieces around them. J- Cam Johnson, my hat goes off to Cam Johnson. He's he's balling. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is he's balling. Um, Cameron Payne. I mean, before this year, I just referred him to 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 Russell Westbrook's dance buddy. He's balling. I mean, he's balling. Jay Crowder's doing what he needs to do. He's a role player, three and D guy, doing what he needs to do. Um, but but stands out to me the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are the sixth seed right now. Hey, the Grizzlies hey, have not played a single. The Suns important right now. Mr. Bridges. Um, oh, Mikael Bridges. Wait, he he's a bucket too. He's a bucket. Um, the Sun, the, the Grizzlies are the sixth seed right now. Um, they went two weeks or three weeks without John Morant, and Jaron Jackson Jr. has not played a game all year. So um, th- they're only going to get better. And Brandon Clark's um, been they, hurt a little bit too, right? He has. Mm-hmm. Brandon Clark has been hurt a little bit. Brandon Clark, he's, he's a dog. Um, Taylor Jenkins, uh, if I say that, uh, 90% of people aren't going to know who Taylor Jenkins is. He's a second-year coach at it from the Grizzlies. He's doing a really good job. Um, it's good to see them doing what they need to do. But besides that, I mean, the top, the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, I think that that'll honestly stay. I think the Jazz are really underrated. Um, but besides that, I mean, I'm interested to see who will go to the finals. At this point, I'm sticking with my finals prediction, which was uh, Lakers 76ers. And I called that from day one. I'm sticking to it. They're both the one seeds in their conference. So I mean, go, going back to the comment about the Grizzlies, I'm pretty sure the Grizzlies are the 
second youngest team in the NBA. So the fact that they're the behind who? Team, behind who? Behind who? I, I'm going to guess it's probably your team. Behind the team in last place in the West? Yeah. One, one team plays okay. like they're the youngest, and the other has grown up. And them sons. Okay, so when we trade for Bradley Beal, I don't want to hear anything. I'm no, weak. y'all got two I'm guards weak. already. I'm weak. Stop it, Pa. Do you need um, more role players? You don't need more scores. I will uh, go ahead and give my surprising team. So, as Colt said before, bro, I did not, like, you know what's going to happen, but you don't want to accept it, bro. The Wizards are terrible, bro. And the fact that Bradley Beal, like, the whole time John Wall was, you know, back throwing blood up and uh, Westbrook's face, he probably didn't do that. But they argued over something. And the fact that, like, Bradley Beal was, like, waiting to sneak Westbrook, you know that look where, like, you just look down and you standing beside your boy because you ready to sneak him? That's the look I saw. So I'm thinking, like, bro, this is not going to work. We about to go, like, what, 10 and 72 again. So I don't know. I did not expect things to go this bad. I thought Denny Avidja would do something different. I didn't expect Thomas Bryant to tear his ACL. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what? I don't know any answers. But as far as surprising teams in the West, um, I, I'm going to say I'm a, I, I say the Suns just because I didn't expect Cam Johnson to be, like, this pretty good. Um, I'm glad Chris Chris Paul snapped him in the shape. But I didn't expect the Clippers to be this forgettable. Like, we – people are still roasting Paul George, and then Kawhi is – at this point, he's just existing. I don't – I legit don't know what's going on with the Clippers at all. Bro, they're 13-5. They what? They're 13-5. and five. Well, I haven't heard anything about them. Nobody, all right, put it like this nobody gives them as much attention as they have before. Just right. like you remember when Clippers start being good or whatever, and like people got hyped them up and all this stuff. But now I don't, I don't see it as much. Oh, wait, let me go back to the East. On a positive note, I didn't expect the Pistons to like help boost uh Jeremy Grant's career. That man is snapping. Doing pretty well. I'm not exactly sure how well they're doing. What's their record with the Pistons? Pistons are in dead last in the. They're yeah. worse than us. Yeah. So one person is doing good. So that's good for them. Wizards can't get that low. So maybe someday. But the Pistons are in dead last, but still have more wins than the Wizards. Yeah. Like, bro, what? Y'all got four more losses, though. Or, no, sorry, Pistons have four more losses. Shout out Derrick Rose. Get on a fuck freaking – sorry. Sorry, kids. Contender. All right, Blake Griffin, sorry. Your contract's too big. Nobody wants your trash injury-prone ass. Uh, Derrick Rose, God, I really need you to get her in so you can make the Hall of Fame. That's all I've got to say till the mm-hmm. outro. You know, I got anything else? Um – Tune in. Tune in to my Timberwolves. Uh, about oh, they're not going to listen to this Curry for another few the days. Um, <laughs> so when you do listen to this, go to the box score of uh, Wednesday. And January check, out, check out the ass whooping. Uh, hey, let's, let's no, make, no, no, a, no, no, let's out, make uh, a deal. Let's make a deal, Colt. If the Timberwolves lose, you got to okay. do something. Oh. Okay. I'm, I'm confident in my Wolves. We're going to win. So Ooh, I'll literally do whatever. Dude, we're gonna I'm win. not even going to lie. No, so you know the, how we were talking about in the group chat that – Who's going to be the next player to drop 80? 
It's going to be Anthony Edwards. Curry can do it tonight. <laughs> Curry has zero point shooting over four right now. Relax. Game Ricky Robio is putting I thought it up started at 10.30, bro. Curry is so fast. After the Lakers and Sixers game. Curry is so fast, and you have no center right now, that he can shoot the three and go rebound himself, run back out to three, and then shoot again. Honestly. Can't blaze more my score. All right, anyways. Moving on. Sorry. That's all we got for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Um, make sure you guys comment on the Instagram poll that we have if the uh, Timberwolves win, the Timberwolves lose. Colt's got to do something. Suggest punishments, yeah. Suggest punishments do that. for us. Um, but always, thank you guys for listening. Shout out Pub Sports Talk. Shout out to Circus. Shout out Low Quality Sports. You guys know. Follow this guys. Wait, up. time out, time out. What happens if something weird happens and Colt wins? What are you going to do? Suggestions. Well, that's what the suggestions are for. Oh, man. All right. Oh, bro, 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 bro. Yeah, hey, all right. Whoa. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Colt, you got anything you want to say? Um, go pack, go Timberwolves, and uh, please, God, put your hands on Devin Daniels and let him heal. Man. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, my sign off, I'm going to go, uh, go pack. You know what? I'm with Colt. I'm going to go with Timberwolves tonight. Let's make this 50 50. I'm going to go with Colt. Shout out, shout out, Gene Brothers. Uh, he's the GOAT. Uh, yeah, that's it. Keith? I'm not going to watch that game, bro. I'm going to sleep. Um, but whatever happens, happens, I guess. Um, May A, but I'm going to roll with Colt just because I like Anthony Edwards. And you know how I feel about Steph. Carolina's fine. This is going to be 50 50. I'm just not sold. I'm just not But I'm not sold. I'm not sold. You know, I'm I'm going with it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Let's get back for our new round. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Let let me know what punishments I I should suggest because I'm rolling with the dubs tonight. I'll see y'all.